Welcome to Beyond Sunday. Well, this is our final episode in in the Rhythm series, and we're going to be talking about discipleship. And one of the things about Beyond Sunday that we really kind of set out to do is we want to talk about what our lives look like beyond the one hour that we meet together on a Sunday morning. Um, we want to talk about our daily lives and and what that means, and and what better topic to talk about than discipleship. And I have some of uh, my greatest friends, Lisa Maitland. How you doing, Lisa? Hello, my friends. You're back from Cambodia. Cambodia, so yes, my brain is not, but my body is. And a lot of cool stories from Cambodia that Lisa has shared, and we have those on our Facebook page. And also, Lisa's been sharing some on her Facebook page, so check that out. And if you see her on Sunday, ask her about it. There's some really great things that happened in Cambodia. And we have Zach Zettler, who is our discipleship pastor. We could not have a discipleship podcast without him on it. So thanks Zach, for how the you invitation. Doing? Hey, no problem. <laughs> and then we have Hayden Walsh. Hayden is uh, our student pastor, and he is our aficionado on food, tech, <laughs> uh, anything, you name it. Hayden, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Good, man. You're having a milestone today, I heard. Yeah, um, so <laughs> I was using the bathroom, and I promise this doesn't go in a weird direction. And I went to go, uh, you know, wash my hands, and and obviously, like, I fixed my hair so I don't look, you know, crazy. And I noticed a silver strand in the midst of my hair, and so I was like, whoa! So I like pulled it and made it stand up and showed everybody in the office, and then I pulled it out, and now it's taped to a rubber duck in my office so that I will never lose it. That's gross. Oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh, That's you have it. First silver, silver hair. hair. Big day. Welcome. Congratulations. Congrats. Welcome to the team. Appreciate it. It feels All right. good to be a part of the club. Yeah. So we're talking discipleship. And and discipleship is a, is a it, it it can be determined, it can be defined in a lot of different ways. So the first question I want to do is what is discipleship? Like what is discipleship biblically? What does the Bible say about discipleship? And um, we're gonna we're gonna start out with uh, Zach, we'll go with you, and then yeah. uh, we'll kind of go from there. So to me, uh, there's about four key words uh, as I kind of give you my definition that I want you to uh, think about and ponder for what is discipleship. And discipleship is an intentional process of pouring into somebody's life in order that they may grow and become more like Christ with the end goal that they will replicate and pour into another individual. So there's four words there in that definition that I wrote. And so that's intentionality, replication, relational, and disciplines. So as we look at what discipleship is and a definition, you know, it's that intentional process. It's about going beyond just a Sunday morning experience or a Wednesday night experience. Uh, it's pouring into somebody else's life, and you're yeah. meeting either one-on-one, one-on-two, one-on-three, but you're with a group of people. And so when you look at Scripture, you see how Jesus modeled his discipleship. Mm. He poured into the 12, but then he had three other guys that he really poured into. And that was uh, key for me to see that Jesus modeled the big picture, but he also modeled the small group um, as well. Uh, And, of course, we want people to grow in their relationship with Christ. That's should be all of our goals is to become more like Christ every day and then to replicate to take what you've learned, to take the experiences that you've had, and to do that to somebody else, and to be able to pour your life into somebody else to replicate and to make more disciples. We don't just stop making disciples when we're 
finished with one individual or with one group of people. We need to be looking for other opportunities and other individuals that we can pour our lives into continuously. Cool. Hey, I mean, what do you, what do you see? Like, that's a good baseline for to start this conversation. Yeah, um, I think that <clears throat> for um, you know, for much of like our ministries, like the the idea behind the ministry is discipleship ultimately. Yeah. And so, um, you know, whether it's uh, children's, young adults, youth, um, senior adults, um, special friends, whatever it ends up being, the the goal is to. Um, obviously present the gospel right the gospel the the story of redemption um um and the the gift of god that has been given to us um for salvation and to be reunited with uh, a holy god who we've sinned against um and then everything after that is discipleship uh, up to the point of death i mean to the point of where you're no longer alive um you should always be being discipled and be discipling someone else and so um, I, I, uh, I really love, um, what John 15, um, has to say about this and, uh, it's Jesus speaking, um, to his disciples and he says, this is my commandment in verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And so, um, you know, we can get caught up on the practicals and trying to, uh, have a cool acrostic that, um, that, you know, is nice and tight and, and sums up everything, but, uh, ultimately, what Jesus has called us to do as his disciples is to love each other as he loved um, us. And so the way that he did that for the disciples was um, walking with, walking alongside, and um, doing life with. And like Zach said, um, with the, the three, um, he, it, it wasn't, the pouring into wasn't just, um, he didn't tell them something that he didn't, that he that he didn't tell everybody else. He just, um, when he was, as he was going, he, he took the you know the two or the three mm-hmm. along with him to um to go to go do what he needed to do and um led by that example so um yeah i think that's what i would add is just um to, to walking alongside of and um and it's never finished it's never mm-hmm. never it's never fully accomplished yeah lisa like kind of expanding upon that one of the things i love is is your you have an incredible heart for discipleship because just seeing like you've done some zooms during the pandemic, you had some groups that met on zoom and you were discipling and you continue to meet and you meet with people all the time in, in discipleship. So kind of talk about your like pattern of discipleship, like what that looks like for you in your life. Sure. I think um, one thing I, and I've talked about this before, just like my heart for singles, especially during the pandemic. Um, that was something that, has really struck me. So trying to reach out to that ministry, but also there's a lot of um, singles in children's ministry in particular. And so a lot of times we spend most of our time, you know, at the church and wanting to um, invest in the lives of families and children, but we're not always great about investing in our personal lives. And so that's another group that I really want to reach out to. But the the two passages I kind of picked out were and kind of along the lines that um, Hayden had was, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, your life, and with all your mind, thought, and understanding, and with all your strength. That is the second. This is the second. You shall unselfishly love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And that's from the Amplified Bible. So I think that's our, that's our. <laughs> if you had to make discipleship simple, it's yeah. to love God and love others. And then I feel like the fruit of the Spirit is 
also discipleship because that is a sign that you have been discipled. And that's, again, from Amplified. But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience. I love this. Not the ability to wait, but how we act while we're waiting. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's Galatians 5, 22 through 23. So I think discipleship is when you have fruit of the Spirit. And um, just like Hayden said, it never stops. You should always always be um, trying to disciple others, but also being discipled yourself. Because you can get a lot of head knowledge, but um, you need to have the heart knowledge. So let me ask this. like, Okay, so we kind of talked about what is discipleship. Going even further into this, what? why is it so hard in churches to get discipleship to take off? I mean – what y'all just said is is the basic foundation of all of Christianity is discipleship. Why is it so hard for us as individuals and as a church? Why is discipleship so hard to really get going or build momentum? Why do y'all think that? I think when I think about discipleship and how hard it is to kind of take it to the next level is commitment. I mean, it, we have to carve out more time out of our already busy schedules as individuals. Yeah. And so to go eat and have breakfast one time a week or two times a week with a group of guys or families t- with the intentionality of doing discipleship, that means I'm going to have to take an hour to two hours away from my family. And so that it, it just calls us to a deeper commitment to mm. go further in our relationships with other people. And so there has to be a sacrifice with that commitment as well. So we have to look at our schedules. We have to look at our budgets. We have to look at our time and go, what's the most important? And am I willing to uh, give that up in order to pour into somebody else and have that opportunity to disciple them? Yeah, and I think that too. Whenever you do something like that, like you have the the you know the weekly meetings and that kind of stuff, like it has to start that way um, most of the time because uh, you know it doesn't always, but uh, it does start that way a lot of times. But I think the reason why we struggle so much as a church to do discipleship well is because we we try to program it. We try to program mm-hmm. discipleship, and um, you know the 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 truth is. Discipleship is not programmatic. Yeah, it's not. It's a lifestyle. Um, there, there is a. There's something that happens when someone becomes a disciple of Jesus Christ that their rhythms of their life change. It's not uh, a once a week meeting with Jesus. Um, you know, it, it's a it's a, a consistent being in the Word, being in prayer, and constantly looking to follow Christ with your life. That being a disciple of Christ looks like. And so naturally the outpouring of that is, um, you know, and, and like Zach said, you know, you, you meet and you carve out time from your rhythms that you have in your normal life to start to add and implement other people into that. And um, so it does have to start that way a lot of times just because otherwise there wouldn't be a natural way yeah. for those meetings to happen. Um, but then uh, I really feel convicted that it should be, uh, it should become a, a lifestyle thing. It shouldn't be something that uh, – it should be reflected on your calendar, but it shouldn't just be an hour on your calendar. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think what you said is so true, Hayden. Discipleship is not a program. Right. It's not a Sunday morning. It's not a Wednesday night. It's not a Friday morning. It, it, it isn't those things. It's the lifestyle. And so when I think about discipleship as a lifestyle, I think about Deuteronomy chapter 6. 
and where um, Moses shares the Shema with the nation of Israel, when you lie down, when you rise up, when you walk along the way, those are the natural rhythms of day-to-day people. And so whether we have kids or not, you know, that's kind of where Moses was getting families to realize that they are the primary disciple makers as parents to their children. I think it's important that we all realize that we have time in our day to pour into somebody else's life spiritually, whether that's a five-minute phone conversation, if that's a quick text or whatever it is, we have those opportunities in our lives to impact somebody else's spiritual walk. And so that's to me, is a key component of discipleship. I think, too, it's, it is your exactly your calendar, but I think, let's just be honest, we're messy people. Discipleship is not going to be easy. It mm-hmm. takes consistency. It takes time. And if you don't think that you're a messy person, then you need to ask people around you, like, we're all messy. And <laughs> right. it's – but it's – it's and it's not a, like – Hayden said that you're not going to have a timetable. Okay, well, we've spent one year together um, discipling, so you're good now. It's it's a lifelong thing, and um, and it's I think it's also got to be multi generational. I sometimes I learn like extremely valuable things from people that are older from me, younger than me. So I think discipleship is a like it's a fluid thing, and it changes sometimes. But also know you have to accept that we're in a broken world and we're broken people, and so it's not going to always be easy. But it, it's just like with a child, you have to be consistent with them, um, and and the consistency is going to lead to fruit. But, yeah, it's going to be messy at times. I think another thing, too, um, whenever you know we're thinking about like the, the question of why is it so hard for us as a church mm-hmm. to do discipleship, I think it's because um, – and, and I know you're not asking, why is it so hard for us, FBC Allen? Um, yeah, church in general. Like, why yeah. is it so hard for churches, <laughs> um, organizations, bodies of believers to do this well? And I think it's because um, ultimately Jesus' life was, was rounded, um, was well-rounded. There was moments um, with the twelve. Right, there was moments with the three, there was moments with the crowds. And then there was moments one-on-one um, where Jesus encountered people and changed their lives. Uh, and, and so I think as a, ch- as a church, um, as churches, we tend to really focus on one facet of Jesus's life to follow mm-hmm. closely. Sometimes it's evangelism, sometimes like it is, we are str- straight up evangelism and we don't do the nurturing and the bringing from spiritual milk to the steak and potatoes of things well or um you know there's a lot of churches too who do that inward discipleship um teaching and growing and uh, maturing really well but someone who's on the outside feels shut off and doesn't feel um reached out to and so i think that that's that's a big reason why we struggle is because we tend to be so single-minded when we when we focus on a a piece of the puzzle instead of looking at it um, as a whole well i think too like so much of our world you know they're in villages and their communities and so you can't just give up on someone just because um you don't like what they're saying or you don't like what they're doing but i think in america it's a little bit different like we're not so community based anymore and um i think that's one thing is like we're really quick to give up on people and um and it's it's going to take time and i think um I mean, I wouldn't be the same person if people didn't consistently invest in me. And so I think that's one thing. You just got to know that 
it is it is a community we're built for community god made us designed us to be um in community but sometimes in america we're not always great about seeing the value of of all we're all in together and you say a great point there like i i kind of go back to the movie wally uh-huh. where all of us are on these like like i don't know what they are they're like floating wheelchairs or whatever mm-hmm. they're not wheelchairs because they're they're just floating like mm-hmm platforms and we're all watching and just kind of enjoying life and we don't care about anybody else we're just moving forward i feel like we've become a society that doesn't fight for people mm-hmm. i'm not going to fight for that relationship you know e- even in our families we're starting to see that with our families like i'm not if if going to see grandma is is going to be trouble i'm not going to go do that you know it's it's costing me whatever and i, I feel like for us discipleship like you were saying is it, it, if it costs me some time or i have to fight for it i don't know if i want to do that or not i'm not willing and that kind of comes to discipleship it has a it kind of has a covenant relationship to it we have to really um kind of come together and make a covenant with each other do you all see that um and we tend not to do that in discipleship it's kind of almost one-sided where you come a teacher's there and you're not really coming together and having and that's a covenant's a terrible word because people are like well i don't want to commit to anything because commitment's bad do you all see that well that's that's exactly what it is like um you know, when you, when you look at Jesus' model of discipleship, which I recognize, you know, we are modeling after Jesus, um, yes. and at the same time, we are not Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so, um, <laughs> so that's important to note. Like, you know, we always look at like, well, Jesus did it this way. Well, I'm not Jesus. Um, so sometimes, I mean, we, we need to emulate uh, Christ, but there are some things that that we can't do yeah. that Jesus did. But uh, that all that being said. Um, the relationship of discipleship started by Jesus calling out someone, mm. um, calling someone from something. And so, uh, but quickly, uh, in the interaction, he made a you know, stipulation, if you want to follow me, you have to give up everything. Yeah. Um, so, there was a commitment made both sides. I mean, um, Jesus's commitment was sort of unspoken, um, but he asked for them to leave behind their work, their family, their life, everything they knew to follow him. And so um, we're not asking that of people, but, uh, you know, one of the things, anytime I enter into a relationship like this with someone where um, I'm committing to, um, to, to work to foster their growth and um, to try to uh, bring them alongside and, and uh, be an example for them to uh, as to how to follow Christ you know follow uh, follow me as I attempt to follow Christ with my life um, I always I, I always make a point to say you know I want you to think about it yeah I want you to consider what this is going to mean you know this isn't going to just be a couple of meetings I'm going to expect you. Um, and I'm, I'm going to learn from you, but I'm also going to expect you to grow. And eventually I'm going to ask you to do this with someone else. And mm-hmm. so that's always, um, at the front end. And I think we have to do that, uh, because if both sides aren't committed to it, um, you can't, you can't disciple someone dragging them, <laughs> you know, kicking and screaming, not that you would want to, but, uh, you also can't disciple, you can't, you can't, uh, effectively disciple someone who is apathetic toward that that discipleship so yeah yeah i I think hayden you hit on several good things there number one is um discipleship is just not head knowledge you got to have life application uh and number two it's 
the intentionality of multiplication because Jesus didn't just stop the disciples just didn't stop after Jesus poured into their lives you know they started the church and then as a result we are here today because somebody discipled somebody who discipled somebody who discipled somebody else and the last thing I'll say is that I think it's to Lisa's point it's multi-generational you know it's it's great to be a 42 year old surrounded by a bunch of 40 year olds discipling one another but there's so much more about life that I don't know there's so much more about God and Jesus and Scripture that I don't know. And the only way that I can learn that is by spending time around people who have been around longer. Yeah. So, I, I mean, our senior adults are so pivotal in the discipleship process because they have years of wisdom in parenting. They have wisdom in Scripture. They have wisdom in life and decision-making that as a 42-year-old, I need I need help with those uh, kind of situations. You know, some of our uh, biggest disciple makers in our family are seventy-two and seventy-four-year-old couple back in Biloxi, and we still get texts from them mm-hmm. encouraging us, saying, "Hey, have you read this? Have you seen this devotional? Have you watched this?" And so, it encourages me that I have somebody pouring into my life yeah. who hasn't quit once they've stopped at a certain mm. age. That's a good you know, And so if you're an older adult and you're like, well, I'm done with Jesus and I'm done with this discipleship <laughs> stuff, no, find another young family. Find another individual that you can pour your life into because they need it. And so yeah. discipleship takes multiplication and it takes multi-generation and it takes intentionality. And I, and I think so many times we try and find the best curriculum for discipleship. I know this wasn't one of our discussions we or questions, but we trend, tend to find the latest, greatest author who wrote mm. something good on discipleship. The Bible's full of it. And to me, the only curriculum that is perfect for discipleship is Scripture. And so I think... Our groups or our lives need to be centered on that because that's going to be the thing that transforms us. Yeah. So you kind of you talked about senior adults. So we're going to talk about age graded discipleship. So we have our, our children's minister here, student, um, and adults. And and I want to ask you, kind of starting with Lisa, what does discipleship look like? Kind of age graded, but also beyond that, to um, even demographics mm-hmm. of of like singles, married, yeah. like. What does that discipleship look like for just kind of different areas of the church that people may not know about? Sure. So the the passage I picked out for children is Matthew nineteen fourteen. It just says, Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. So discipleship for a child is how can you help them come to Jesus? What can mm-hmm. you do? And also think the importance of opening up God's Word and reading God's Word together. I mean, we know that God's Word, the Bible, can change our lives. And Absolutely. that's something I saw in Cambodia. There was a little girl that her grandparents and her parents kept asking questions, good questions, but they weren't ready to ask Jesus to come into their lives as their Lord and Saviors. But these these children were. And we gave them a Gideon New Testament. Mm-hmm. And she opened that up and we said, "We, I would encourage you, you know, to read the book of John first because it's all about Jesus' life. It shows that he's fully God and fully human. And um, she read 
like from John three sixteen till John five until we left, like she could not put down God's word, and wow. that that's what I was like. Yes, that's exactly what God's yeah. saying in in His word is let, let the little children come to me. I think giving them opportunities to serve. You know, uh, we talked about multi generational. Our children and student ministry serve wholeheartedly and with mm-hmm. joy. Like they are the <laughs> they're the ones we need to be looking at on yeah. how to serve. Absolutely. Um, so I think. Just giving them opportunities to, to meet Jesus by, by going to church, by discipling at home, by um, serving, by praying, loving God and loving others. I think even just how you treat people in the Chick-fil-A line, mm. I mean, that's showing your kids discipleship. That's showing them um, the love of Christ. So I think our job to help disciple children is to find any way we can that they can meet Jesus and get that's to know word. him more. Nice. Hayden? Uh, yeah. Um, so, in in the youth ministry, the way that discipleship looks is, uh, and I really kind of I enjoy this um, this aspect of it is uh, we have you know when we when we meet together for worship on Wednesday nights, um, you know we we spend time in fellowship and we have a good time and you know we play games and sometimes we have food and that kind of stuff, but. Um, there are also moments of worship, um, corporate worship together, and um, th- I think that's an important part of discipleship is uh, is the learning and growing. You don't want it to just be head knowledge. You don't mm-hmm. want it to just be something you know about, but um, one of my favorite parts is the part where we get to sing together, and then we also get to uh, grow spiritually. We get to grow those roots deeper by, by looking at God's Word and by um, God's word preached, and you know, really digging in. What is this saying about me and my life, and how I should live, and and bringing application into that? Mm. Um, you know, we, I think we tend to pendulum swing sometimes, and and we get to the point where we're like, you know, discipleship, like you know, preaching or, or sermons or whatever. Those are bad words because like discipleship is gritty and is life on life, and and it is, um, but. There's also um, precedent in Scripture, like we talked about earlier, um, where you're not meant to stay on spiritual milk forever. Um, you know, if if you had a five-year-old who only had ever had a diet of milk, that would be confusing because as you grow and as you mature, you um, you can handle more. And so um, you always need the gospel. The gospel is the spiritual milk, the, the basis for everything. Um, but there's so much more than the gospel in the Bible. There's so much yeah. more to how you should live your life. There's so much more to those things. And so digging into those. Um, and then uh, beyond that, um, I and I have also tasked our other uh, adult leaders to uh, to meet with students um, in smaller capacities to talk uh, life, to talk about um, the things that, that aren't, um, you know, what you would traditionally, you know, have conversations about in the in the in the church house or whatever, um, but those you know those questions about you know boyfriend and girlfriend and uh, what do I do about this thing at school and those kinds of things that are more personal and specific, um, 
And so, so for students, it's really cool because uh, they're old enough where um, adults can meet up with them, um, mm-hmm. adults or people who are you know more mature in the in the faith who can who can take them alongside them and and go do things. And so it's really really cool when you start to see that happening. You start to see those little yeah. uh, groups pop up, and um, I've got a couple of groups that I meet with, uh, but I I can only meet with so many. And so that's why, like Lisa said, those adults that serve in those ministries are doing it. And if you ever wonder what it looks like to be a disciple, um, I, I'm, I have to keep myself from saying names because I just have some I have some titans of discipleship in my ministry, mm-hmm. and um, ultimately, if if all those students got was Sunday morning and then Wednesday night service, you know, singing a few songs and hearing me give them some, um, you know, some stuff from from scripture, uh, that wouldn't be full discipleship, yeah. and so. Um, so I'm so thankful for those people, and and for students, I think it looks a lot. I mean, this close to the age of probably what some of those disciples were. I don't know, you know, but um, they're old enough to get it. They're old enough to be brought alongside, and um, yeah. So uh, it was a lot, but um, yeah, that there are different parts of it mm-hmm. uh, to achieve the whole. Yeah. And if you forget one of those, um, I think that it's incomplete. Yeah, and the adult world is, you know, we we tend to program it on Sunday morning and say BFG or Sunday school is your discipleship or Wednesday night. But it's also, to me, of moving people from those groups to places like the children's ministry, to places like the student ministry, where they are investing in others. And yeah. that that's part of what I see Jesus' model is he just didn't take his three and keep them to himself. He sent them out. And so discipleship is all about sending somebody out to uh, impact the life of another individual. So, you know, we do that in the adult world. But, you know, I also look at Jesus' model. He, he taught to the thousands, uh, but then he brought it home, and he had his 12. Mm-hmm. And then he whittled it down to his three, and then he sent him out to find lost and to teach the lost and to witness to the lost so that they could have the relationship so that that whole process could start all over again. So, you know, if you're interested in a small group setting and going beyond your Sunday morning experience or going beyond your Wednesday night experience and you say, man, I need a group of three guys that I can meet with to hold me accountable, to encourage me, to spur me on. That's what I want to do with our church. That's where I want to see traction take off because that's where life application is going to happen. That's where life transformation is going to happen. Groups of three and four with the intentionality of multiplying, Mm -hmm. not just staying together for until you're dead, but with the mindset from the very beginning that, yes, we will multiply, and yes, we will find other people who want to do the exact same thing that we are doing. Yeah. And I think, too, for like for ladies, especially with the single ladies, I realize, like, too, that it's not going to happen necessarily on a Sunday or a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. A lot of times with our schedules, it was a, a weeknight. Or um, I'll be honest, sometimes for singles, the weekends are often harder. So um, doing things on the weekends... Um, simply asking every week, hey, how can, how can we be praying for each other? Yeah. Um, doing a Bible study or a book study and, and asking questions on what God taught you through this. But I think, too, it's also having some fellowship time, too, just some unstructured time to just be with each other and, and hear how life is going. And um, so I think 
uh, I know we've said it in this this podcast, but just that discipleship doesn't have to be a Sunday, Wednesday thing. It can be, um, it, and it should, it should be fluid. It should be throughout the week. And um, even just like one group of mine, we have a, a group me where we just send each other prayer, mess, you know, prayer requests mm-hmm. throughout the week. So figuring out, okay, how can we pray for each other? And I think one of my favorite things is like when we are studying scripture together is hearing how each person had that same exact passage, but they got this out of this part, you know, and this is what I felt like God was saying, and um, and that it's it's just really, really a sweet time to be able to yeah. see what God's doing in, in each of our lives. But like I said, like especially with the single ladies, just even just different age groups too. It's it's fun to see what God's doing in, in each of our lives. It's good stuff, and I think one of the things that I you know talking about multi generation, you'll hit on. You know, multi-generation and, and also just across all all different demographics and stuff like that. I think one of the things we kind of see in, in – I, I just want to cover this before we go into the next. What is the end goal of discipleship? One of the things about discipleship that I've seen is uh, a lot of discipleship has been geared towards looking inside you. And that's a that that comes from like you know philosophical view from Descartes. I think, therefore, I am type thing, and I'm I'm looking inside myself, and that's not discipleship. When we look inside ourselves, it's nasty, messy, dirty. It is looking to God, like you mentioned. Hey, it is looking to Christ. That is our model, and so going into God's Word, we're not internally going around questioning, like you know, how do you feel today? Like that's not discipleship. That is just a group meeting. Like when we talk in discipleship. We're talking, we're wanting to look at Scripture and grow and allow Scripture to interpret us, not to do it the other way around. And, and I think we go around and ask the simple questions. And so that's a barrier I've always seen with discipleship. And then kind of talking multi-generational, I've been reading the, a book, uh, John the Cross, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, she's reading John the Cross, which old, old guy. Um, came up with this thought that there were like three stages of discipleship, identity, and then pouring into others, and then dying well. And and I really feel like a lot of times in church, we're stuck in that identity mold. We have not gotten our identity in Christ, so we're all that way. But there's a time where that identity gets in our hearts mm-hmm. that then we begin to pour out to others. And, and that's where, you know, what Zach was saying is to pour out into the students and, and the children's ministries of there comes a time where you go, I know my identity is in Christ. Now it's not for me. How do I pour out to others? And that's the mature stage of discipleship. And then there's the other stage where we talk about, you know, later on in life, how do we die well? And that's not like, you know, figuring out your funeral arrangements. It's <laughs> how do I leave that legacy of Christ following with that next generation. And and I think sometimes, you know, as I was reading that book, I think discipleship, a lot of the church is stuck in the identity mode. We haven't gotten our identity. We haven't followed Christ. We haven't allowed Christ to be our identity. And then we don't pour into others. And, and that's where we struggle with people. Where are the people pouring into the, to the next mm-hmm. generation to help them with their identity? And then dying well is, man, leaving that legacy. What, what is that? It, it, discipleship doesn't have an end goal, and I'm kind of answering that question, but what is the end goal for, for discipleship? And, and that's what I'm kind of getting at is what do you see as the end goal for, for discipleship? Hayden, we'll start with you, bro. Uh, cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Discipleship doesn't have an end goal. So, Hayden, yeah. what's the end goal of discipleship? <laughs> Uh, it really doesn't, and that's a loaded. Question. I think that what yeah. you what you're seeking to accomplish in discipleship is, uh, and, and and don't. I feel like I have to clarify here. Um, 
well, I'll just I'll just say it. Oh, yeah. uh, whenever you're looking at a discipleship relationship, um, the what what you're seeking to accomplish with that is uh, we fall into the trap of you're seeking to accomplish a disciple who will make disciples, and that's not yeah. wrong, but that's not it. That's yeah. not just it. Whenever you are in a discipleship relationship, the the what you're seeking to accomplish should be that a person goes from um, you know you start discipleship after someone has um, has made a commitment to follow Christ, right? So mm-hmm. um, that salvation is the beginning of that discipleship process, right? Um, so I think the goal should be to uh, to raise that person up to um, to know and to love the Lord, um, to, to deeply know and to, um, seek to understand as, as much as we possibly can mm. and to, um, to, to be in close relationship with, with God, um, by, by intentionally spending time in the word, intentionally spending time in prayer together, um, and, and those kinds of things. And then to train and, and even maybe at the same time to train to somebody to, uh, be able to share the gospel. Um, the, one of the primary, uh, facets of being a disciple is that you are a herald of the gospel. Um, and so, someone needs to know how to do that yeah um you know anyone i think anyone who has a faith story knows the gospel because if you don't know the gospel then how could you have a faith story right but to be able to put that into a concise way to to share with somebody to share this hope that we have with somebody who doesn't have it um that's part of the discipleship process and then um to have them go and do that and then uh ultimately be able to take someone else on the journey of yeah. deepening their relationship with Christ and training them how on how to share the good news of the gospel and then ultimately teaching them how to disciple. And I think um, that cycle of discipleship is complete when they're able to do that, uh, but it is not a finished work. Um, you, you have accomplished um, making someone who can make disciples, you know, discipling someone to the point where they can make disciples, but you, uh, the relationship does not end there. Just yeah. like Jesus' relationship with us doesn't end once we are able to make disciples. Um, so, yeah, I think that uh, if we're talking about end goal, um, the, uh, I would say... I would say that there is success in discipleship once the person that you are um, doing the work of discipleship with can can fully do that mm-hmm. and and um, and stand, uh, you know, um, confident in their in what they know about God and um, and in the relationship they have with Christ and um, and in being able to to do that with someone else. It's mm-hmm. a good word. Well, I'll jump in here. I think Hayden uh, said it very well. Uh, I'm going to try and say it in not so many words. Um, the <laughs> Westminster Catechism, the very first question says, what is the chief end of man? And the answer to that question is to know God and make him known and to enjoy him forever. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that is an end goal of discipleship is yeah. to know God intimately, to know him on such a personal level that it just completely overwhelms your life in every aspect that you have to go and tell somebody else and that you have to um, 
rub shoulders with somebody else for uh, the rest of your life because God has just done mm-hmm. such an incredible work in yours. And so to know God, enjoy Him forever, and to make Him known. That, to me, is the end goal. And, and it's like what Hayden said. It doesn't stop once you become a believer. Yeah, That's when it begins mm-hmm. because now you have this relationship with an all-powerful, life-changing God somebody else needs to know about. It's a good yeah. word. Yeah, I think of like um, almost like a, you know, of course, Jesus is our foundation. So you build that foundation, and then brick by brick is your growth, and you're growing together, you're building together. And so it's like we said, it's just this constant um, life. You're a lifelong learner, <laughs> yeah. and you do it together, you do life together, and you just never stop. I mean, the end of discipleship is one day when we get to see our, our maker face to face, and he says, Well done, good and faithful servant. That's, I think, the end of discipleship, and, um, and hoping that that's that's how we've lived our life and i think i would just say you know if you're listening to this you might be a, a core piece of discipleship that someone's missing so don't think that you mm-hmm. your uh qualities or your qualifications are can't help help you disciple someone so every person has a gift that god's given them and so find a way to use that what that gift to disciple others and don't discount yourself from being in ministry because someone is missing what you only you can only you can give them and we see that in acts we see that you know uh Paul or Saul, when he's blind, he goes into you know the town, and God's like sending people to disciple him, and mm-hmm. then Paul goes and disciples, and it's messy. Mm-hmm. It's messy. You're never going to be perfect to go and start discipleship. Like Hayden said, discipleship starts when you follow Christ. It's 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 immediate. Once you follow Christ, you are a disciple maker. You are called to go and make disciples, and and I love that. And I love how you said, "Well done, good and faithful servant." That that is like you want that person you're pouring into when they are you know when when life is passed, they are with Christ, and he says, "Well done, good faithful servant." This is good stuff and and so last last words hayden you got some yeah i just uh i i want to do i do want to say one more thing um and that is uh and it may be a little bit uncomfortable um if you're sitting there and you're saying you know i've never done this before uh i've never i've Mm -hmm. never you know done the work of discipling someone else um I just want to say no one is exempt from this this is a call that is made to all believers um and so, like Lisa said, we can get into a real bad habit of talking down to ourselves about ourselves, about our abilities and those kinds of things. Um, but there was no asterisk next to the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no um, – the, the Great Commandment to love one another and the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations. There was not exception to that. And so, uh, if you've been waiting for – you know, a sign to, um, you know, this is what you're supposed to do. Somehow you've convinced yourself that the Bible isn't the sign. Um, this is it. You, you should be looking for someone to pour into. And if you're not, um, then then do it. Uh, do it. Do it. That's the that's the best. And if you don't know how, um, 
there are so many people that would love to mm. take you take you by the hand and walk alongside yeah. you while you do that. Um, so many times as I was, um, I needed that kind of kick in the pants a little bit to yeah. um, have somebody come say, hey, you need to be discipling somebody. So what he did for me was, hey, pick somebody that you want to pour into, and then you and I will meet with them, and and, and I'll show you what it looks like to do this and, and that kind of thing. So uh, if you are waiting to um, have somebody tell you that you specifically need to be doing the work of discipleship, I am telling you now. Uh, if you are a Christian, you are called to do um, to do this. You're called to be a disciple maker. And on top of that, be discipled by somebody. Yes. I, I think that's super important. We're all discipled. We could all name a person that's discipling us right now yeah. and pouring into us. And that like that's a lifelong commitment. It's yep. not a and, and don't take that as like it's a lifelong commitment. That's you know, like yeah. we were just joking about contracts and yeah. hey, you get five years free yeah. if you sign for this ten year contract. And it's like I didn't want that. Um, but it's a joyful work. It's a joyful work, and and it's not it's not a burden. Um, like Lisa was saying, it's not something that you just like you calendar routine sort of uh, schedule. It it is a it's your lifelong. Like you just you enjoy it. I don't think of it as like oh I got to meet with Scott like. Dadgummit, I don't want to make this phone call. I mean, sometimes I do because I know I'm going to get called out for something. But <laughs> it's okay because I know he's going to love me in the end. And so any other words, um, lasting words to leave with everybody? I echo exactly what Hayden said. Start today. Yeah. You know, find somebody, call somebody, say, I'm supposed to be doing this, and would you pray about this opportunity? And I, I don't think you can wait on that. I think you have to start today. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good word, Lisa. Parting wisdom, you got it because oh, you're from gosh. Cambodia. You no, brought a lot I feel of stuff. like my brain is yeah, uh, shut still off. But up. just, uh, I think maybe my parting words would just be like, age does not discount you from discipleship. No matter what age you are, you can disciple someone, and you can be discipled. And you know, you talk about that. Um, my children, my son Grady in particular, right now, he disciples me. Um, in a lot of things and so it doesn't matter you can be younger and discipling someone older too um, I, I get a lot from him in wisdom and, and yeah. just he he challenges me so well and some of the most powerful prayers I've ever heard have come from the mouth absolutely of a child. it's incredible mm -hmm. they, they have the, mm -hmm. the prayer of faith and it's just it's neat so this is it this is the rhythm series we're, we're done we're gonna do some holiday special podcasts uh, coming up but I want to ask you all a personal question all right um, here we go what accountability what is what has been your favorite movie so far of 2022 like what is a movie you've seen in 2022 and you're like this is a really good movie anybody we'll let Lisa go first Okay, I picked one that didn't get a lot of great ratings. Okay. But I love like Jason Bourne kind of movies. And yes. so the three five five. It was Lady Lady Spies. Really? What's so that good. on? Um, I don't know. Three five five is what? The three five five. I'll have to go check mm -hmm. that out. That's mm -hmm. awesome. All mm -hmm. right. Well, I never heard of it, so like it's you said, it it's out there. Um we haven't been to the movie theater, gosh, in two years since probably pre-pandemic, but one of the things that we do is when our girls read a book in their literature class, uh -huh. we'll try and find it online, or we'll try and find it on Netflix or whatever. And so Lily just finished reading Murder on the Orient Express. That's an incredible movie. I never knew anything about that book. I never knew anything. And we all sat there and were like, oh, it's, yeah, it's this person. And then you hear the end. I don't want to yeah. spoil it if you haven't seen it. You're like, 
I should have known. All the signs were there, but you know, it it was a really good movie and probably an even better book. So yeah, it, that had Johnny Depp in it, right? Yeah, it yeah. had a whole slew of like I, Johnny Depp, yeah. Josh Gad, tons of A listers, and I'm like. I've never heard the book before, but supposedly Agatha Christie is like this great, well-known mm-hmm. author that yep. I had no clue about. Incredible. I actually saw that movie coming back from a mission trip, the last one before the pandemic. So it was just on the – when you look at the movies, you're like, eh, it looks good. I mean, sometimes there's just not good movies on there. So, yep. Hayden, what is your favorite movie so far of this season? Uh, so the, my favorite movie that I watched this year um, – was spirited away okay it's uh <laughs> is that with the horse no it's <laughs> the no, horse spirit is that spirit okay, yeah <laughs> spirited away uh it's is a studio ghibli um it's an anime movie from oh my found fa- my watch found something on the Siri. web uh but yeah so it's um it's a it's a movie from 2001, um, okay. but I had not seen it in a long time, and it's it's a total classic, and I know it's totally not most people's cup of tea, but that was my favorite movie that I watched this year. Um, the, my favorite movie that I think that, that came out this year, which may be the only movie new movie that I saw in the last mm-hmm. year, uh, was Batman. The Batman. The Batman. The Batman. What was yours, Chris? Mine was Triple R. Um, it's on Netflix. It's a Bollywood film, actually. It is incredible. It is... <laughs> Three hours and 45 minutes Whoa. long. So I watched it in three sections, but it, if you haven't seen it, it, it's really cool. It's so extreme. Like f- the fighting scenes, they're like flying through the sky. This dude fights a tiger hmm. and it has music. It's a musical too. It, it's just something cool. Like I, I loved it. Uh, Morgan thought I was so dumb for liking it. Like it's what three hours and 45 minutes that you're not going to get back in it your life. It is three hours and 45 <laughs> minutes of goodness. I recommend Triple R. It is on Netflix, and you y'all need to go check it out. I'm going to go check out Spirit in a Way because I thought it was about the horse. horse. Nope. That's Spirit. Nope. Yeah. I just saw a horse You've with probably seen flying. some of the characters um, really? before. Okay. Yeah. And it came out the same year that we were graduating college. Just remember that. I was <laughs> I was eight. 2001. No way. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to check out the 355 this weekend, though, So, because that sounds like a good movie. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us. This is the final one. Y'all are special. We appreciate yes. it. So, all right. Well, we'll talk to you later, and we will see you during the holidays. We'll do some special uh, podcasts coming up. So. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving.